Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 23 and Joshua chapter 1. I want to uh, continue with our series fight this morning. And uh, looking at our series text in 1 Timothy chapter 6, it says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Today I want to talk to you about standing your ground in the midst of of the fight. Standing your ground in the midst of the fight. Let's pray and ask God's blessing upon the message this morning. Father, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your power. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are stirring hearts and lives in this house, God. Men and women who will be faithful and stand against the opposition that they face in this life, Lord, because you have made us and equipped us to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus today. Lord, I thank you that you are here in this place to open our hearts and our minds so that we can hear what you are saying to us. That, Lord, we would rise up in power and in courage and know that, God, we can overcome anything the enemy throws in our pathway because you have already won the victory for us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 11 the, the background kind of of the text here is talking about David's mighty men. These are men that David um, in the cave of Dullam was uh, people that were outlaws. They were, they were discarded by society. They were outcasts. And they were, they were gathered up in a cave while David was on the run. But while they were in the cave with David, God was working on their lives and he was working on David. And while David was in the cave, he was becoming a king. And while these men were in the cave, they were becoming mighty men. Can I just say right there, even though it's not in my notes this morning, that just because you find yourself in a cave today doesn't mean that God's abandoned you. It doesn't mean God has left you. It might mean that He's put you in a prime location to do a little tweaking and a little working on your life to make you what you ought to be so that when you come out of that cave, you can lay hold of the things that God has promised you through Jesus Christ. Amen. So this is the story of these mighty men, and he's going through the text talking about uh, the the feats that each of them were able to accomplish. And this particular uh, verses of Scripture is talking about a man named Shama. Uh, We know little about Shama other than what is said in verses 11 and 12, and to me they have plenty to say. So let's read that together here in 2 Samuel 23, beginning in verse 11. It says, And after him was Shama, the son of Agi, the Herite, The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. But Shammah stationed himself in the middle of the field. He defended it and killed the Philistines 
So the Lord brought about a great victory. The Lord brought about a great victory. The Philistines had gathered together in this troop, which was what they did. It was their it was their way. They didn't want to work for anything. They didn't want to cultivate anything. They didn't want to develop anything. They just wanted to take what you had worked for, what you had developed, and what you had cultivated. And so they come down, they find that this field of lentils is ripe and ready for harvest, and so they've been watching, they've been checking it out, and so they come down and they align themselves in front of the field, it says in a troop, and they prepare to take what was not theirs. And the, Philist- or the Israelites see that, Immediately fear grips their hearts and they turn and they flee. But there was one man named Shama who said, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of turning tail and running away from the enemy. Rather, this is my field. These are my peas. These are my lentils. And I'm going to stand in the middle of it and I'm going to defend it. My first point this morning is this, that we have to decide what we are destined for. Church, you have to decide, individuals, you have to decide what you are destined for. You have to make up your mind what God has called you to, what God has created you for. Nobody, no no one can tell you that. Hear me this morning. Nobody can tell you that. That's something between you and your God, and you have to decide what you're destined for. Are you destined to live a life on the run? Are you destined to always turn and not face the difficulties of life? Are you you destined to always be in a losing situation? Or are you destined for more than that? What are you destined for? Like I said, the Philistines were a constant plague to the Israelites. Throughout the Bible we see over and over again places where they constantly come in like locusts and and would rob the Israelites of their possessions and so forth and and, and take from them. And here this day we have a troop of Philistines that have gathered in front of this field of lentils with the intentions of doing just that, of taking what they didn't work for, taking what they haven't cultivated, taking what they haven't developed. The latter part of that verse tells us that the people of Israel fled. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I can sympathize. We look at them sometimes and we think, what a bunch of weenies. What a bunch of sissies. Turn around and run. But I can sympathize with them. I, I've been in those places where I didn't want to face the opposition that was in front of me. I didn't want to deal with the difficulty in front of me. Furthermore, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, do you know what lentils are? They're kind of like beans or like peas. And I don't know if you've ever had them or not, but they're just nasty. I'd heard that lentils were good for you. And so I happened to see a can at the grocery store and I thought, well, I'm going to buy those and I'm going to try them because I generally like peas or beans or something of that nature. Not the case with lentils. They're just downright gross. And nasty, so I can totally understand saying, lentils, oh yes, you can have them. I'll be glad to flee, I'll be glad to run. You can have these nasty things. I get it. They may be good for you, but they are not good tasting. So I get the people not wanting to stand their ground and fight for them. But let me just tell you today that lentils are worth fighting for. They're worth fighting for, why? Because it's lentils today, but what is it tomorrow? 
It may be something that doesn't mean a lot to you today that you're willing to give up, that you're willing to compromise on, that you're willing to sacrifice something for. But what is it tomorrow that he's going to be demanding of you? What is it he's going to come looking for the next day? Because if the enemy knows anything, if you know anything about the enemy, you know this, that if you give up a little ground to him, you might as well get ready to give up a lot of ground because he's going to keep coming and he's going to keep taking and taking and taking until he can get all that he can get until we say no, until we stand our ground and we say that's it. So the people fled. But this gentleman, Shama, stands in the midst of that field and decides to defend it. It's, look, it's about this. It's about deciding what you're destined for. It's about deciding whether or not you are destined to be on the run your life or you are destined to face your enemy and say to him, get your pee-picking hands off of my field. You're not taking it from me. Amen. Amen. Listen, the enemy is not entitled to anything that you have been given. And I want you to remember that previous to this, the people of Israel had been given that land. By God, they had been given that land. The enemy has no rights to that. You've been given some things as a child of God, and the enemy doesn't have any rights to it. You've been given a blessing over your life. You've been given a destiny in your life. You've been given the peace of God that passes all understanding in your life. You've been given hope. And the enemy doesn't have a right to any of those things. Yet a lot of times in life we find ourselves forfeiting them. We find ourselves giving them up because the minute he aligns himself with the troop in front of us instead of facing him down and saying, "Uh uh-uh, not here, we turn and we run. And we say, Not worth fighting for. Not worth battling for. The enemy is certainly not entitled to things you've been given. But listen, it goes further than that for me. He is nowhere near entitled to anything that you have developed, that you have worked for. It's not just about the peas. It's not about the lentils. It's about the hours that I spent tilling that ground It's about the hours that I spent removing rocks from that place. It's the hours that I spent weeding it and making sure that they grew into the crop that they are. And now that they're ready for harvest, oh no, you're not walking into my field. You're not taking what I've worked for. It's not just about the moment. It's about the time I've invested. It's about the hard work. It's about the tears and the blood that I've put into this. Now some of you today, Let me bring it home for you. Here's the deal. You have worked for some things in your life. You have developed some things in your life. You have been faithful to serve God in some areas of your life. And the enemy has no right to come in when the harvest is about to be ready to reap. And you come in and take what is yours. Amen. It's more than just about the beans. It's about the effort. It's about the faithfulness. It's about the dedication. The lentils represent the culmination of hard work and unleashed potential. It's more than a hill of beans. You ever heard the saying, I don't give a hill of beans? It's more than that. It's more than that. Because it's my hill of beans. And it's worth reaping the work of my hands. And no one else has a right to that. I made up my mind a long time ago and I have to remake my mind up from time to time. And I'm in one of those seasons now where I have to say, 
I've done too much and come too far to let the enemy have victory in this area of my life. I am not going to cry and bleed and sweat over something so that somebody else can waltz in and embrace it and enjoy it. Oh no. Oh no. I've stayed up too many nights for that. I've, I've put too many hours in for that. And I'm not letting anybody, much less the enemy, who is worthless and hasn't lifted a finger to do anything, just waltz in and take what's mine. And that's why we have to decide what we're destined for. You see, the ground represents the potential that has been given to you. Listen to me. The ground represents the potential that has been given to you. It represents your resource. This is what God has given me. To cultivate. This is what God has placed in my hand to develop. And how I'm faithful with what He's given me is going to determine what He gives me next and what He trusts me with next. And so it represents that potential, that resource that God has given us. Not only your present resource, not just the beings that we see, but also the potential resource. It's clear that it has the potential to grow beings. We know that, we see that in the scripture. But what else is hidden there? What other potential does it contain? Because just what you see as your resource doesn't mean that's all there is. What is just revealed to you doesn't mean that's all there is. There's some potential things there that have to be cultivated and developed and discovered over time. So here's what I'm saying to you. Is it that, that you don't know, we don't know what potential exists until we're willing to work the ground? We don't know what potential lies in our lives until we're willing to till the soil of our heart and to allow the expressions of God's gift to flow freely in our lives. We don't know what potential lies within us and what can be released through us if we don't ever work the ground that God has given us. You can't work the ground sitting on your can. I'm going to preach to y'all. You can't work the ground not lifting a finger. You can't work the ground unless you're willing to pick up a hole to get behind a tiller and to do some actual work. I don't know what God has for me. What have you done to discover what God has for you? You've got to get out and start looking and start seeking. Doesn't the scripture say that if you seek me, you will find me? And so it speaks of participation as a mercy clap. Appreciate it. He's sweating at least. Let's clap a little. Hallelujah. (coughs) So you don't know what potential exists until you're willing to work the ground. Listen, potential exists in two forms. And I want to drive this home because I want you to understand it. First, it exists as it is. It's what we can see. It's what we can clearly see as possibilities that exist before us. Some of you know you can sing. I know I have that gift. So that's clear. I have that potential. Some of you are good administrators. You understand that I have that potential. But what do you have that you haven't cultivated yet? What lies undiscovered in your life? Because it exists as it is, but it also exists as it is discovered. There is potential that exists that can only be discovered as we work the ground. I've never found a gem just lying on top of the ground. Right? 
generally, and I know there's occasions where that happens, but generally if you're going to uncover diamonds, you're going to have to dig for them. If you're going to find gold, you're going to have to dig for it. If you're going to find some good resources and some untapped potential, you may have to do a little digging in your life to discover them. Well, it's good for me if it's not good for anybody else this morning. Decide what you're destined for. To remain the same or to become more as your potential in Christ is discovered and developed. That's what you have to decide. The potential that is discovered is discovered through new experiences. We've had the, Some of us have had the same experiences for the last 40 years. It's time for some new experiences. You serve a God that is a really big God and He is able to do some big things that may exist outside of your realm of yet experienced things. And so I want to find some new experiences because new experiences give me new perspective and they begin to mold me into a new person. I'll need to add some new friends to my situation. Some of us have the same old friends and they're telling you the same old things over and over again. We need some new information, some change of scenery, some change of of relationships. Those things help us adding new knowledge. All of these things help us to begin to develop the potential that can only be discovered as we work the ground. The Israelites here appear to be quick to walk away from from the lentils. And you may think today that they are just leaving beans behind, but in reality and potentially, they are leaving much, much more. And today you may feel like you're just leaving some things that don't mean a lot behind, but you potentially may be leaving some very important things behind. You just don't know what lies there until you work the ground. The fact is, None of it belongs to the enemy and he has no right to any of it and the beans are worth fighting for. The principle of it all is more important anyway because what am I destined for today? I know I am not destined to run from the enemy. I am not destined to surrender to him. What I have worked for and what I have cultivated is worth fighting for and standing for. Let's look at verse 12. It says, But he, speaking of Shammah, stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Point number two is simply stand your ground. It's not the enemy's ground. It's your ground. It's not his beans. They're your beans. So stand your ground. I'm not destined to live a life on the run and neither are you. We're not destined to be people that are always fleeing the scene of the current attack. We are people that are called by God to stand and to work and to cultivate and develop and never to surrender anything into the hands of the enemy. If we'll stand our ground, the Bible's real clear that he will bring about a great victory. But he's not going to bring about a victory if we're always on the run. The victory was not the Israelites' victory. It was Shammah's victory that was brought about by God. And therefore it became God's victory as well. The partnership of the two working together, working in tandem. Him standing in faith and God coming to his aid and helping him to have the power and the ability to overcome the troop that's standing before him. 
If we'll stand our ground, the Lord will bring about victory in our lives. You hear me? I said if you will stand your ground, the Lord will bring about victory in your life. But He can't bring victory to you if you're always on the run. There's some people in the place today I know that you're running. You're running from, from your destiny. You're running perhaps from your God. You're running from situations that seem overwhelming to you. But the enemy or the Lord has not called you to run. He has called you to stand firm in faith and to stand firm in the confidence that He will come to your rescue. He will be a deliverer for you. He will help you to overcome what you are facing in your life. He fights for us when we stand our ground. And I just want you to know, you know, standing your ground does not mean that we stay on the defense all the time. Standing your ground does not mean we remain in a defensive position. When we think of that, yes, we are standing in a defensive position, but we don't remain in that defensive position. The enemy comes in and he's always trying to push you back. He's always trying to claim what's yours. But when we stand and say, you're not getting this, it then becomes the responsibility of the believer to advance toward the enemy. If you're going to try to take it from me, listen here, bud. I'm taking it from you instead. The video says, and the scripture says, when he comes in one way, he's going to flee seven different ways. The scripture also tells us that when the thief gets caught, he has to pay seven times what was, what was taken from us. Seven times. That's, that's what he owes us when we stand firm and we don't let him take over in our lives. Listen, I know you're fighting some things. I know you're dealing with some difficulties in your life. I know you're, you're facing situations that are huge. But if you will stand your ground the Lord will come to your rescue. Look at verse 12 again. It says, He defended it and killed the Philistines. Defended it means, yes, he stood in a defensive position, but then he went on the offense and he drove that troop into the ground. And that's what God has called us to do. Look, God will be there for you and He will fight with you, but He will not fight without you. He wants you involved in the process. He is, he is ready to come to your aid. And in, a, in many ways, He is fighting for us, of course, without us. But He is looking for partnership. He's looking for your faith to re be released and activated in your life. And He's not going to do everything for us. He wants us to do our part. So are you standing your ground or are you running today? Are you running and, and remaining in a defense or a reactive place rather than getting on the offense and being proactive? Defense is great, but you never score any points to speak of on defense. You might get a safety here every once in a while. You might get an interception that you run back. But offense is where points are scored. And we can't always remain in this defensive, reactive state and be overcomers in Christ Jesus. Well, I'm not going to mess with anything until it comes right and hits me in the eyes. And I'll only do what I have to to get him off my back. That's not an overcoming Christian. That's not an overcoming lifestyle. That's living life on the defense. That's living from a place of fear rather than faith. And being reactive rather than being proactive. I love what God speaks 
to Joshua after he takes over from Moses and right before he goes in to conquer the promised land. The promise that God makes Joshua here is the same promise that he makes to each and every one of us today. Let's read that together in Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. It says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. He says in verse 6, Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. And then he repeats it in verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Now listen, anytime God says be strong and of good courage and then follows it just a few verses later and says be very strong and very courageous, that's a pretty good indicator that something may be coming that's going to be pretty big. Something's coming that may be standing in front of you that seems a little overwhelming. It seems bigger than anything you're able to deal with. But he's saying to him, look, I'm preparing you. I'm getting you ready. You're going to have to stand strong. You're going to have to be courageous. And you're going to have to know that I will come to your rescue. He says, that you may observe to do according to all of the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. That you may prosper wherever you go. My final point this morning is simply find your courage. Find your courage. Know what you're destined for today. Stand your ground and find your courage. I know that when you're facing down a troop, that the instinct is to run. It's always going to be to run. It is to discount the reason for fighting. Well, it's just beans. I'm not losing my life over these beans. It's easy for us to maximize the potential price and minimize the potential reward. When you're standing in a place of defense, in a place of fear, and you remain in that place, it's easy for us to maximize the potential cost and say, oh, this this cost is too great, this cost is, is too much, and in the process minimize the potential reward. But to find the reward that God promises is easy to do if you just look to Scripture. He's always promising that He will bring us out on the other side. That we're not going to leave conflict and difficulty empty-handed. If I'm going to go through it, I'm coming out on the other side with something. I'm not about to go through all this. I'm not about to fight for this and come out empty-handed on the other side. We have to find our courage. It's more than price and reward. It's about who we are in Christ Jesus. In this place, I want to say to you that you're no runner. You're no coward. You're no quitter today. You are not one to surrender what God has given you. You are a fighter. And like all fighters, you will fight. I will fight. And I won't run. I won't quit. I won't back down. I won't surrender. Sometimes in the midst of it, we can lose our courage. And we can lose even ourselves in the process. And that's why we must always stay close to the Father. Because in Him I can find my strength. In Him I can find my courage. In Him I can find my identity. 
and I can be who God says I am in the fullness of who He created me to be because of who He is and what He's done for me. We must focus on who we are in Christ and who He is to us and in His Word. Through that we find courage to stand and face our enemy, to take a risk and to unleash hidden potential in our lives. When is the last time you took a risk? When is the last time you did something that made you uncomfortable? God has not called you to live comfortable lives. He's not called you to live safe lives. He's not called us to live lives without risk. Because where there is no risk, there is no reward. Where there is no daring, there is no blessing. And we need to take a risk with the power of God backing us in our everyday lives. Our lives cannot be lived making decisions from places of fear. It gives the enemy all the power. When we live from a place of fear, we're basically saying that the enemy has all the power in our lives. He has the right to call the shots. But when I stand in a place of faith, I say, no, he does not. God has already spoken the final word in this situation. And I will declare it. I will receive it. And I will not just stop there. I will fully find myself in the midst of living it out in its full potential. Understanding that we must live from a place of faith, from a position of faith. From that position, we release the power of God in our lives for the victory that we need. And church, without courage, without courage, you're never going to take a risk. Without courage, you're never going to take a chance. And without courage, you're never going to find the true blessings and the true, true rewards and the true unleashed potential that is lying undiscovered and dormant in your life and the lives of everyone around you. I believe that there are gems in this place. I believe there are treasures and talents and abilities and skills and things that are lying dormant just under the surface. But if we'll pick up a shovel and we'll pick up a tiller, we'll pick up a hole and begin to work the ground, we'll see those things start rising to the surface. No telling what God can do with a people who will just unleash the potential that God has placed in their lives. If Amber would come to the keyboard this morning. So here's what I want to just recap this morning. Decide what you are destined for and you have to set your mind to it. What are you destined for today? Discover that in... And, and set your mind to it. I'm not wavering. I'm not turning to the right or to the left. I'm not going to be double-minded. I am this is what God's called me to be, what He has spoken over my life, and I am not going to change my course. I have to stand my ground. I'm not wavering. I'm not, I'm not backing down. I'm not giving up an inch. Stand your ground when you're challenged and, and find and keep your courage. There are going to be times in your life, I promise you, where you will lose heart, where you will find yourself struggling, finding it difficult to have the courage to face the difficulties that stand before you. 
But always going to the Master, always going to the Father is where your courage is renewed. If you'd stand with me across this place this morning. I ask my altar workers to come. With every head bowed and every eye closed across this house. Are you here this morning and you say, Pastor, I need to discover what I am destined for. I have got to discover what God has created me to be and what God desires for my life. I want that. I need that. If that's you, would you come? Step out of your seat. Come to these altars. Let one of these pray with you and begin to just ask God to help you discover that. Are you here and you say, I need to stand my ground? I find myself slipping, giving up place to the enemy from time to time. But I don't want to do that anymore. I want to stand firm against the enemy's attacks. If that's you, would you come? Maybe you're here and you say, I need some courage this morning. Man, there's some things coming against me that seem bigger than me, larger than me. And I need to be strong and courageous in God today. And I need some courage. If that's you, would you come? There's no shame in seeking help. There's no shame in in finding a partner to help you to pray. The Word of God tells us that when two or more agree on any one thing, it shall be given. And so it's through partnership that we discover our potential, we find our courage, and we have the faith to stand against the enemy. So if that's you and you say, I need some help this morning, I need need some strength from God, would you come? Step out of your seat. Come on. Come on. Maybe you're here and you say, I need to put my hand to something. I I need to till some ground. I need to turn turn some ground in my life. I need to discover some things that are hidden there. I know there's more to me than what I'm currently experiencing. That God has more for my life than what I'm currently discovering. If that's you, would you come? Let us pray with you and let us help you Get on that pathway to discovery. With every head bowed and every eye still closed, if you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, and you don't know Jesus as as Lord of your life, and you'd like to begin that relationship with Him, would you come? Would you step out of your seat and come to the front and let one of these pray with you and let them introduce you to Jesus Christ this morning and help you to cultivate that relationship? We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us after Ripley.